0: Welcome to Berenson Bond Podcast, episode 53, with your hosts, Corey and Diego Berenson. Hello, Diego. Hello. Today is a special Saturday. We have finally, after weeks and weeks of trying to get together with my brother, Kenneth Berenson and his beautiful son, One of the two wonderful, amazing twins in Tübingen, Germany. Introduce yourself, nephew.
1: Hello.
0: Oh, very good. And what is your name? Ethan. Ethan, that's right. Ethan and Diego, you cousins across the entire Atlantic Ocean. We're hanging out. This is awesome. Okay. That's right. Yeah, I know. I know. But finally, this is. Look, me and my brother, you and your cousins, we're together. So, what is it like? Hello. What did you guys do this morning?
1: Uh, um, we were cleaning a bit, ate breakfast, played video game. Yeah, that's about it.
0: Okay, what did you eat for breakfast?
1: A Nutella wrap.
0: A Nutella wrap? What was in the wrap? Nutella. Just Nutella, are you kidding me? (laughs) Yeah, no, no, I'm not. You're not kidding, you only ate Nutella wrapped in what? Bread.
1: Uh, A duro. A duro. Yeah, it's bread. Pure bread.
0: Pure bread and call
2: tor- t- tor- you'd call it tortilla. <laughs> uh, a tortilla wrap, a flatbread. Yeah. Okay.
0: But you call it duro?
2: It's duram is the flat bread for making the big um like a yufka? Burritos. Like a burrito.
0: Like a Nutella Same. a Nutella, tortilla, a Nutella burrito? Tortilla.
1: A burrito with Nutella I ate.
0: Ah lovely. And what did you <laughs> what did you drink? Milk. Milk. I drink and, every morning milk. And what video game did you play? The Wolf. Which one?
1: And Minecraft.
2: You played Minecraft today?
1: Yeah, for five seconds and then I was bored.
2: Oh, I thought you played the math game today too.
1: Yeah, I also played the math game and the questions got really hard.
0: They got really hard and so you said, "Yeah, I'm going to Minecraft. And then you no. got bored in five seconds, and then you went to which one? The wolf. The wolf. Ah, yes. Well, very cool. We just woke up, uh, maybe an hour ago. We had oh. some breakfast. We <laughs> had some. Everybody, everybody ate something different today. Diego had. A,
3: like bacon, egg, and cheese taco with the smoothie.
2: Like oh
3: a, that's not that not <laughs> good.
2: What kind of smoothie?
3: Um strawberry <laughs> banana.
2: Oh, with um real strawberries and real bananas.
3: <laughs> with strawberries and
2: bananas.
0: Yeah, it was real real banana powder strawberry.
2: Oh yeah. That's pretty good. I had a banana wrap this morning.
0: Ah, <laughs> Your dad had a banana burrito.
2: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Peanut butter, honey, some crunchy cereal and a banana. All wrapped up in our tortilla bread. Mm.
1: Yeah, it tastes better than anything. Even if you think it tastes like, it tastes. Mmm. Mm. Try so the here.
0: So Ethan. Tell me, are you done with school? Are you on summer break finally? Nope. You're still in school. I thought it was over. Nope. Nope.
1: Still school. Is it almost hey. over? It's almost over.
2: What? What do you have to do still?
1: Go three days to school.
2: Well, every every day you have to go. Are you sure?
1: I don't know. Do we?
2: <laughs> no. You only have to go Tuesday. For
0: 10 minutes. Ah, What? Ah, so a little bit, a little bit. And that's it. And your your headphones ah. are a little low, Ken.
2: They are also a little low. I mean, they're clear, so but it's not as... I I'll just have to shout and, and you know. I... There you go.
1: But they don't hear you from downstairs. <laughs> from upstairs, I mean.
2: Stop bellowing.
0: There you go, very good. So, Ethan you live tell me then i say every german word wrong your brother your dad laughs at me tell me the name of your city where do you live your village
1: i live in the world wide germany
0: yes and what village do you live in Tübingen. Tübingen. very good and how do you get to school when you actually go to school, not right now, but when you go to school, how do you get there?
1: Um so I normally went by bus, but now cuz coronavirus I'm going by car.
0: Did you ever if used I'm to mom. Did you ever used to walk? So by bus and <laughs> now car. And how mm-hmm. many is all of the do all of the kids go or does some of the kids stay home
1: Uh, well um normally the kids go but when they just don't want to go then they say no i'm sick i
0: don't do you still like to go or do you like to stay home
1: yeah i like to go
0: what's your favorite part english english but you already know english
1: yeah, but the teacher is better.
0: Oh, really? Maybe yeah. she I bet she could teach me. Yeah. Or he. Probably. Is it a is it a Mr or a Mrs? Mrs. And do you have two teachers or one or 10?
1: Um so I have for German one, I have for English one, I have for math one, I have for geography one, I have for bi- biology one. I have for what else classes do I have do I have?
2: Uh, you had, a uh, uh Medianithium, that was... Yeah,
1: yeah uh, that's computer class, I got one. Mm-hmm. And also for art, I got one. that's sports? It, right? Ah, for sports, I still got one. Yeah, so, for every... Yeah.
0: So, every, so that's, that's yeah, eight... Yeah, that was bad. That's eight teachers? Yeah. Wow. What do you think, Diego?
3: Um, <laughs> I mean. It's a lot.
0: So do you change classrooms each class?
3: Yeah. yeah. Sadly.
0: Sadly. Do you you don't like changing classes?
1: No, cuz that takes forever to go and then do, you always have less time for going and for playing.
0: Uh, how much time do you have to play?
1: Uh, we have to. We have ten minutes to play, and then the first one we have fifteen minutes to play. So maximum we have last twenty five minutes to play.
0: That's not enough time.
1: No, and, and my brother also had to go to a different building, so he took his whole entire break to go there. And then yeah. he was late because he couldn't come faster. And then he got... And then the sports teacher got bad. Just sports yeah. teacher looks.
0: Yeah. Well, Diego, tell tell Ethan what your classes are like.
3: Um, well... It's different. Way different. <laughs> um, I only have two teachers and... Well, yeah, that's for every, like, every class. Uh, we all have two teachers for everything. Uh, you can basically work on anything you really want as long as you're not on the, uh, the only time you can use a computer, um, is for, like, certain days, like, research, or if you're doing, like, research or something, or if you're doing spelling, and then, so basically you can work on anything you want. You can do anything you want and and if you like you're getting like tired and you need a break, you could just take like a brain break outside for like only like 5 minutes. And then oh my god. Uh <laughs> re- and then recess for like an, uh, yeah, like an hour. Uh I and was- then we do switch classes, but not kind of how you think. Like, we'll stay in the same class most of the day, um, but then, like, if it's music, we'll go to the yurt, or if it's um, Spanish, the teacher will come to our classroom. If it's gardening, we go to the gardening place. Uh, yeah, it's way different. <laughs> I would love to be at
1: that school.
3: Can we change schools, please? <laughs>
1: You to write everything by hand, correct it by hand, no computers, otherwise you get in trouble.
0: Well, mo- well, most things are by hand. He said, so Diego's most things is everything by hand except
3: computers. except research days. Like, there's days like projects where you need to get on a computer for it. Well, not need to, but like if you need to use a computer for certain like projects, then you can... Um, or spelling, but that's really it. You can't just randomly get on there. We have to do that
1: by hand. We can't use a computer for that.
0: Do you do you ever use a, a computer? You
2: can't. No. We didn't. We didn't use a computer to research about orangutans.
1: Yeah, but well, that's one time.
2: Mm-hmm. Or when you one made time your... in a whole year. One time in a whole entire year. Or you had to make the flyer, right? You wanted to sell what was it? Uh, recycling, renewal. You had to make a big flyer.
1: Yeah, most of those stuff.
2: We also used the computer for that. So tell me, tell me about that project.
0: What was this? What were you recycling?
1: Uh, we had to make like poop. We had to.
2: No, you had to make a a car <coughs> or something. Make something out of wood, right?
3: Yeah.
1: You had to make something out of wood, so I just took something out of the internet that just copy pasted it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that is computer work 101. <laughs> Everybody learns to copy and paste really quick.
3: Command C, Command v.
0: That's right, what is it?
3: Command C and Command V.
0: That's right. So,
3: easy as. Key, so,
0: you've been home a whole lot, right? What's yes. it like, what's it like? Do you like the, being home to do schoolwork?
1: Uh, what?
0: Do you have, you? there's days you come home and stay home to do school, how do you like it?
1: I don't like it. Why not? The teachers are too stupid.
0: Oh,
2: at home, hey. are we? At home, which teachers? The parent teachers?
1: No 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 the teacher teachers they were everything like <laughs> right. so like they like the music teacher
2: uh-huh.
1: he only makes he he in the class class made only us make, only, make us only sing and watch movies and one week before so the day before we had the test uh-huh. he showed us like a ton of stuff That no one could get into their heads, so we all got fours. Then he gets mad. And now he's doing the same, and he expects us to know how to play the violin.
2: The violin. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's pretty, pretty tough there.
1: Which string is this? What can, which strings do you need to play to play this song?
0: Ah, and la, well, la, 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 la. so we're already in August and norm, or almost in August, and normally you go to Spain, right, every year?
1: Yeah, we're no, staying here this No time.
0: Spain this year, right? No. No, this crazy virus is not letting you go to Spain to see.
2: This is stupid. Your, so Ethan, Ethan, don't play with the microphone.
0: Yeah, let it let it just hang normally. So normally you go because your mom is from Spain, right? Yep. And what city do you go to to see your grandma? Mm,
1: yeah, we go to the grandma's house. Yeah. Also to Madrid to
2: our what was it? Um where does she live? What's the name of the of the village, the city?
1: Uh, Baladejo.
2: And where does, where does, uh, where do your aunts live? Your aunts live? Where? It's yeah, near it. the be- near the beach.
1: Oh, yeah, we're near the beach, but we go there, like,
3: every two years. I hate it.
2: <laughs> oh, you don't like it?
3: Mm-mm. How come? Uh...
1: Well, there, everybody's excited and doesn't want to chill.
2: Everybody's always nervous all the time.
1: Yeah, because they want to go to the beach. And I'm like, well, I'm actually, in total, a bit water, not like.
2: You don't like water that much?
1: Mm-mm. If it comes to slides, then yes, but otherwise, no.
0: Ah, you like swimming in pools and fresh water, not the ocean?
1: Not also not in pools like inside pool. The outside pool, if there's a fountain, yeah, but otherwise only slides.
2: Uh, you could have fooled me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I bet you'd have a good time in any pool if
2: it's hot outside.
3: Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Pretty.
2: How how hot it is is it over there? Is it hot?
3: Pretty. It 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 got to like. It's going down now but it, the top it went to like 105
2: 105 degrees Fahrenheit
3: How 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 many degrees is that?
2: I think it's like 40 Celsius. something Celsius. Yep. Yeah. Yep, no, here the hottest has been what?
1: 36 No, yeah,
2: 34. Not the last, yeah, maybe
0: 33 the last week. Yeah. Celsius. So what, it, what is 105? Isn't that 40, in the 40s? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's so hot. If you want to do anything, you better get up early.
3: Do it in the morning or after. Or no, actually, morning. Even the afternoon can get really hot, too. Like, you might think, oh, it's just going to be really, it's going to start getting cooler. It does, but it's still super hot. Like if you do some really hard exercise at like around lunchtime, uh, you're gonna sweat a lot. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It's
2: really hot. Yeah, hot. really really hot. It's 41 degrees Celsius. 41. Yep.
0: Oof. It's hot, and we went f- we go for a bike ride almost every day, and sometimes the kids don't want to go in the morning. No. So, all right, you want to go at two or three o'clock when it's 41 degrees Celsius outside.
2: Oh, and the sun's beating down on you.
0: We do it. And you, know, you, like sweat, it, you sweat immediately, of course. And then come back, and you're almost 80 degrees, and the air conditioning feels so nice. You're like, ah, yes.
2: Air conditioning? It
3: feels like a whole day, di- like as. Even if you're outside in the garage, even if it's closed and you come back in, it still feels like a whole... like It feels so different because the air conditioning is in.
2: Wow. We don't have air conditioning here. No air conditioning. You There's don't need so it? Suffering. It just feels
0: good all the time?
2: Does it, does it feel good all the time, Ethan? It's pretty comfortable. I mean, the house temperature is... Pretty stable, yeah, the pretty house
1: temperature is okay, but when it's humid outside, I hate
2: okay. it. <laughs> it's really, really humid
1: here. Come
0: on. Wait till it's you come bad. visit here. When you come to our house. No,
1: the weather's
3: great. The I
0: weather's will great. show you. I will Texas will show you humidity. We will oh, show you true. what it's all about. So tell me, Ethan, your art you and've been drawing with your dad for a long time tell me about what you love to draw
1: uh so I love to draw characters that have an idea mostly don't have an idea I also like dogs and cats and I can't draw realistic I draw more animate so very cartoonish
0: that's okay Do you like like to do black and white, or you like to use color?
1: Uh, So, black and white is what I normally do, but when it comes to color, I try mixing, well, I don't mix colors, but I use lighter and darker with one pencil, so I can, I can, when I'm motivated, then I can color great, but... If I'm not motivated, then just looks like a pile of poop. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's part of art, you know. You gotta, you gotta get get over the the bad drawings, the bad sketches, and you just keep going. You keep going, and you'll find the good stuff. You gotta get. You right. just gotta keep going. They're they're not all awesome. There's some that are bad, and then you get some that are good.
2: Right. That's true. Yeah. What did you get? You made a couple games recently, didn't you? You've been oh
1: your- yeah. We what what games? Board games? The ones that we yeah, invented. You,
2: you have one board po- game and one fantasy game. Oh yeah,
1: they're both Pokemon.
2: Do you like Pokemon, Diego?
3: Uh, I used to collect the uh, cards for it. Um,
2: uh huh. I don't.
3: Uh, I don't know. I haven't played the game or like seen seen the cards anywhere because it was a while ago when I had them. So, oh, yeah, so it's, it's okay.
2: It's okay. Yeah. So Ethan, you invented a game, a board game for Pokemon, no? How do you play um, it?
1: Uh, so who finds? I forgot. I I don't have the rules here, but I memorized some of them. Uh, it's, it's a game that, it's an adventure game, sort of like Dungeons and Dragons. Just, it's of Pokemon. You have to catch them, fight them, maybe also fight Team Rocket, bust them into space. And, also, you, so who finds Sirius wins the game.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: So you have to find him and fight them. So, a very powerful Pokemon
2: oh ok <laughs> I don't know all Sorry. the Pokemon
1: <laughs> <laughs> and so yeah, you start in Palatown and you go trying to find Pokemon, level them up get new friends then try to find the ghost world also beat arenas
2: yeah there's one big big game board you built
0: yeah, right. Yeah. Oh, cool. You actually built the board, too. That
1: big.
2: Like, right.
1: this big. Yeah, yeah, like that big.
2: And so, how do you win? One chest wide.
1: Yeah. And for attacks, we also invented something for every physical attack, 1d4, and for every non physical attack, a d10.
2: Yeah, so
0: lots of dice, mm. lots of dice.
1: Oh, cool. And, yeah. yeah. So yeah. did you
0: decide who's the strongest characters?
1: The strongest character? Yep. Um, the strongest character. Well, they're like a ton of Pokemon. But the strongest character comes of, so the height in the book, it's just over-inch, it's oversized like a tiny this poke this tiny pokemon says it's this big and this big pokemon says that it's this big it's just oversized okay and then if if a big 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 pokemon um is high 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 is very high then that's how you measure the life
2: so oh you mean like like tall or yeah or if, high? Big,
1: big, so if it says in the book that it's tall oh okay then then it has a lot of life it says it's not very tall or not tall if okay. it's like eight inches then that eight no it's if it's like eight centimeters it's like eight life but if it's one meter twenty and it has 120 hit points
0: Whoa! So, what if I'm? A, what if it's a teeny tiny short character? Does that mean I only get one life? And if I'm tall, I get a whole bunch of lives?
1: Well, there are all sorts of Pokemon. So, the better Pokemon you catch, so it's normally like the so Pokemon always get bigger when they evol- 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 uh, evolutionate.
2: Ev- evolve, 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 evolve,
1: evolve, <laughs> evolve. Uh, when they evolve, and then they also get bigger, stronger, and also some tiny Pokemon. If a, a Pokemon has like ten thousand hit points and only has one D ten, then it's like the weakest Pokemon in the world. I what mean, you don't want to go killing other Pokemon with a one D four, like. Uh,
0: and what uh, does two. so when you say one D four? What is D damage?
1: No, dice.
0: One dice. And what's dice the number 4? Four?
1: four sides. A oh, dice one with dice four with dice. four sides. Yeah, and the d10 is one dice with 10 sides.
0: Ah. Did you get that? One dice with 10. You have a 10-sided dice. That's awesome.
1: Yeah, we have a lot, we have also 20-sided dice.
0: Doesn't how long does it take to balance? Aren't the sides so teeny tiny?
1: Uh, what do you mean? Bound?
0: If it has 20 sides, that's almost totally round. How long does it take to settle and stay still?
1: A <laughs> uh, long time.
0: A long well, time, there, I oh, bet.
1: Not too long, but it takes more than a six-sided dice.
0: Mm, way more than a four-sided.
1: Yeah, if you shoot it with all... your, If you roll it with all your power, and might... It might... <laughs> If you shoot, if you roll it with all your might, it might roll <laughs> for a while.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: For a while, while while no, but yeah, ten seconds about. No. If you roll it like this, so if you roll it to turn like, like it, a just spin spinny it. thingy, spinny thingy, then it rolls like ten seconds and then it stops.
2: Mm.
0: Oh, and the other day when we didn't do the podcast, your whole family went to walk your cat. How did that work out?
2: Mm. Bad. We didn't get very far. (laughs) 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 No, he was outside, right? That was the time that he got trapped and then escaped? Yeah.
1: Yeah, he got he got trapped under the ping pong table. I think.
2: Yeah, it was under the ping pong table. Yeah, and then
1: he escaped. He escaped the leash somehow. Uh, ah. Yeah, like a frog thing.
2: But he didn't yeah. run away. He didn't run away. Yeah. No, I,
1: he like stayed there, and then something got him.
0: I was I was pretty shocked when, Kenna said, "Hey, we're all gonna walk our cat." I was like, "Hmm." I don't know about this. I can't wait to ask. <clears throat> it's not a <laughs> it's not a common thing to walk a cat. I only know one friend who ever walked a cat successfully. He was very yeah. proud of that.
2: The, the, yeah. Yeah, the previous owner said he would take him out at night and walk him through the park once a week or so. Worth we a tried. shot.
1: Yeah. Yeah, well, we tried. Now he's like out. He loves it outside. Completely loves it. Oh, mm. good. He's like at at night time. He's inside with us, and when we're out, he's out. Or when he's like in the morning, he loves to explore and go outside. So when my brother wants him to stay where's inside and cuddle with him, but he he, he somehow gets out.
0: Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty smart little creatures.
1: Yeah. Like we used the key to always open the door cuz it was <clears> locked. <throat> and at some point he saw that he could open the door and he tried fiddling with the key.
2: He tried to open the door, yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> didn't and, work. Didn't work. Well, over didn't here work. our didn't dog, we saved him from a shelter you know where you go rescue them and he's still very nervous but diego was doing some training
3: mm-hmm.
0: we're trying to get him to actually come to us when we call his name that is that is the feat. He does it to me? He does it to you? Yeah.
2: Oh, that's good.
0: We found the trick.
2: Beef jerky.
0: Beef jerky treats.
2: Oh, uh, yeah.
0: Yeah. <clears throat> he's uh, pretty cool.
1: Yeah,
0: that should work. Oh, Ethan, I was going to ask you. Excuse me. So when Mm -hmm. you talk to your dad and you're speaking English, no problem, then you go to school and you're speaking German everywhere outside of your house, right?
1: Yeah.
0: Then you're talking to your mom and you're speaking Spanish. Yeah. Does your brain just does it automatically? You don't even think about it?
1: Well, sometimes when I come to school, I'm like, hola, or hi. And then I'm like, oh, I have to speak in German, otherwise, they won't understand me. And then I say that in German.
0: (laughs) So then you're like, oh, yes, that's right, I'm at school. German time.
1: Yeah. But I don't speak everywhere outside in German. You don't? Um, I I have friends that speak Spanish also, and also friends that speak English.
0: Ah, are the are those friends also from Spain?
1: Mm, no.
0: Where are they from? Here. Here. Okay. Where are the parents did, how,
2: from? Adik's from. Yeah, half. Yeah, I, half I, half.
1: Yeah, Adik's born here, but Adik was born here and
2: grew up in Spain. Yeah. Like so, here. so
0: what do you what do you prefer to speak if if you're gonna choose a language which one or does it not matter to you english english
1: english is just the easiest to speak i think it's very fluid <laughs>
0: <laughs> well good thing yeah. we learned the easy one yeah
1: german is more like i want this please give me it and spanish is like Hello, please, 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 thank you, thank you, please, please. Quack, quack. So, Spanish is very nice, English is fast, and German is very hello. <laughs> like, if my father speaks German, you can see it.
2: You, you, you can see, uh, you can see. Yeah. Can see how it feels.
1: Very yeah. Mechanic,
2: yeah. mechanical.
1: Yeah, say something. Like, say, my name is Kenna.
2: Ich heiße Kenneth.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. You uh,
2: Die- can do, do the classic. Say something. Etwas.
1: Etwas sagen.
2: Algo. Yeah,
0: something.
1: <laughs> 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 Etwas, like this is more mechanic. Etwas sagen. Spanish is decir algo. Spanish is like, ah, (laughs) angel-like, and English is, say something.
2: Yeah, just say it. Just say it, like, I don't care. Just say it. Is that right, Diego? Is that how Spanish feels?
0: How does he take Spanish? I
3: mean. What do you think? I don't know. I don't speak it
2: as much. But, but how does the language feel to you? Does it feel the same, or when how does it, it, does it feel when different? you're speaking it? Mm. Or when you hear it? Do I,
3: hear uh, the I know your Spanish? it's been a while. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, mom when might I'm, start speaking some Spanish to the kiddos. It's when you know.
1: When I speak Spanish, then I I feel safe. Or when someone speaks Spanish, I feel safe.
0: You feel safe? Why is that? Why do you think?
1: Because my mom.
0: Your mom makes you feel safe? Yep. That's good.
1: Daddy, no. Mommy, see.
0: Oh. 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 (laughs) Because dad will throw you off the balcony?
1: Nah, I don't think he has the heart to do that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He would not ever do that.
2: No, no. that makes you work more or what? No, your heart
1: heart 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 isn't so black and rotten. Oh, that's
2: good. Ah, (sighs) ouch, ouch, ouch.
1: Okay.
0: (laughs) So today is Saturday, as we all know. What do you normally do sometimes on Saturdays? Good question.
2: (laughs) How about a normal weekend without video game?
0: Okay, do what, do one with do do? W- a weekend with video games <laughs> and then a weekend without video games.
1: So with video games, play video games we play. And without video games is play. Play what? Play with my brother.
0: Just outside, play inside? Or
1: read inside.
0: What do you in... guys like to do? Wrestle?
1: Well, when we're in hyper... Active Hyper. mode. Then, Hi- yeah.
0: Hyperactive mode, what do you do?
1: Hyperactive mode. Activate.
2: They've gone to hyperactive. <laughs> um, what do y'all play? Play fantasy? <laughs> do you play with... Uh, uh, or how do you play that? You make up rules. stuff, don't you? Without yeah, rules. We,
1: yeah, without rules. Like if... If a guitar can talk and walk, then the other, then my brother, if I can say the, it's 50-50, if I can say guitars can walk and talk, my brother can say that the whole house can walk and talk. Okay. So he says something and I say something and we have to play with it.
2: Oh, just kind of go with it, huh?
1: yeah why it's like no but this and this should happen and then it's just something that you just that just being it's just from your head and then the other guy has fun and you don't have fun or backwards
0: so you have to just keep inventing things in your mind
1: yeah yeah
0: okay all right so that's with no and then what video games do you play when you're playing video games
1: Brawl Stars, uh, the Wolf, and Minecraft are the pretty much best video games that we have. Then we also play Wii games, Kirby, Zelda. And I played once Harry Potter. Uh, also, this monster thingy that you're finding monsters, and also.
2: Been a while, but Dance Dance.
1: We- Dance Dance 2 and also the PS3 mm-hmm. at Kirby still on the Wii, Kirby and the Magic Yarn and still um on the PS3 Lego Marvel, Lego, you yeah. know. Then still racing games and also Whoa. sometimes
0: He's still going
1: games on the computer. And we can also look at Daddy with his Daddy phone playing video games.
2: <laughs> what? I don't play video games. Nice. Game, do I?
0: Okay, Diego, <laughs> tell tell your cousin Ethan what do you do on a on a Saturday?
3: Uh, Average Saturday. Games. Most of the day, <laughs> just play yeah. video games all day long. <laughs> That's it. That uh, yeah.
0: Well, Good
2: morning, stay evening. In front of it, and
0: tell them which which ones do you play. Uh,
3: Fortnite, and uh, and sometimes or sometimes Roblox, and then Minecraft. Cool. Which one goes first? Fortnite.
2: Yeah, and then. Yeah. Do you play alone?
3: Uh, no, I play with my cousins, my cousin and my f- uh, friends, and some friends from school. Oh. Mhm. Interesting.
2: Y'all play every weekend?
3: Uh, we will play. I can play Wednesday, today, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and then again. Oh, the macaroni. Those are a lot of days.
0: Yeah, those are the days: Wednesday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and, and they've been doing good we can lately. Play they, every
1: they, two weeks: Saturday, Sunday, only two hours.
0: So every other week. That's good.
2: Only two hours.
0: Only two hours worth. They get. They take yeah. hour breaks, and then
3: every, so we'll play for two hours, take an hour break. Play for two hours, play take an hour break until like dinner time and sometimes you can go a little a little later, but Okay
2: speak up. Yeah, it'd be too so, much for us.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's different times, like he's able to talk to his friends and other cousin. Yep. If you play online, Ethan, with Minecraft, then you could play with Diego if you yep. log in, talk to each other. If you're on xbox but Mm -hmm. you have ps3 right
2: we have a ps3 it's a spanish one not connected to the internet i don't know
0: (laughs) yeah so it's a do it's a it's a different world ethan there's different rules to being online diego has strict rules as he cannot talk to anybody he does not know in person he cannot chat which means you can't message anyone that you don't know Mm-hmm. you have to go to most games and find the setting to turn off the chat Chat that's on the screen because the reason all those rules exist is because you do not you wouldn't talk to a random stranger on the street right you just go Mm-mm. talk to someone so it's the same when you're on the computer and the internet you don't just start talking talk to people,
1: to people yeah you don't some people can really, literally hack you
0: they can hack you and Bad people are out there, and you want to not talk to anybody you don't know. And if you don't know and you're not sure.
3: Unless, y- if there, cause, um, I'll play with my cousin, and my cousin has a cousin that we play with. That's okay. Um, just as long as it's, if, so you can create a party, and that's how you talk to everyone you want to talk to and if someone joins say everyone says oh i don't know them then uh whoever's the party leader can kick them but say oh no this is my friend from school or something then you, they could stay and play so
0: yeah so they collectively have to it's a, it's just a rule nobody can yeah. be in the party unless somebody knows them in real life no strangers
2: that's no, okay. Yeah, we're I'm thinking about getting Minecraft the Java edition for the computer. Why
1: mm-hmm. not the Bedrock edition?
2: Cuz the <laughs> Java edition's the original full edition. It has everything, everything in it. Don't play at the microphone, yeah. it'll break.
0: No, no, no. Anna, so how's your how's your garden doing? I love your t-shirt. So uncle, your dad, oh, Uncle Kenneth, huh? Okay.
2: Oh my 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 gardening. Court. What did you say my my t-shirt or my gardening?
0: No, you're you said you're a molecular biologist, not a botanist. I no, mistake yeah. I mistakenly threw a gardening question your way thinking yeah. you work with plants. Come on, you I, got, I'm going to get some good intel here. This is my scientist brother. He's going to ah, tell yeah. me how to raise the the best plants of all time.
2: No, no, I can tell you how the DNA works or how gene transcription starts. <laughs> <laughs> which transcription factors do cytokinin signaling? But <laughs> what fertilizer to give to which plant when aware? I have no idea. Oh come on!
0: Things. This this <laughs> this is the intel I need.
2: Yeah, that's, this is a T-shirt I've been wanting to make forever.
0: <laughs> it sh- you should make that. It's easy. You just go to. Um, I mean, you, t- t- e- e- it's
2: very easy to make
0: uh, custom order T-shirts now. <laughs>
2: Well, like this one that I'm wearing. This is Ethan designed. This one. Ah. there's a little zoomy guy. Nobody out out there can see it, but you can't deep. see it. You can't see the puff guy. Let me see. Doesn't matter. There's a little puff guy running. Ethan drew yeah. that a long time ago.
0: Ah, that's cool. You have your dad's wearing your custom shirt. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. When do when do I get my clothes? I don't I don't have any Ethan specials right here. Look, my shirt. It's totally plain. We
2: have. We have like uh, I have like four or five already lined up. We have some more in the drawer.
0: Ah, okay, okay.
2: Yeah, figured out how to convert uh, line drawings into vector graphics, and then you can pass it over to um, for printing. Works really, really well.
0: That's right, cool. They've been think? making their own shirts <laughs> and designs. Yeah, Diego's got a friend. He drew a pretty cool picture, and then we ordered some shirts from him. What What's his cool. name?
2: Max Animates. Max
0: we'll Animates. Next,
3: next Reanimates. You gotta speak up.
0: Max Reanimates. Max Reanimates. He has some
3: oh, funny YouTube company.
0: videos and he decided to make shirts, just do a drawing and make a shirt. Pretty cool. Yeah. Just like you did.
2: Yep, yeah, with no YouTube channel for it.
0: <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. So Ethan, you like this. So when your dad in as you know is my big brother. So I lived with your dad because we were brothers, right? And then mm-hmm. I would go in his room and he had this huge massive bookshelf full of hundreds of books. Oh
2: yeah. So
0: many books. Can cool fairy tales, fantasy books. Wizards, Hobbit, science books. All these cool stories he had in his mind all the time. And also, he was drawing since he was very young. So in his room, he always had these very cool pictures from art class. So everywhere in his room was art. Everywhere. Everywhere. My room, boring. No pictures. Sad. Because I was... I didn't draw as much as your dad. But I would go to his room and say, wow, look at all the art. It's amazing. And I would say, but look at the face. He had this one picture of a face. There were a lot of faces, but one of them looked so 3D, so much color. It was with pastels. And that was one of my favorites I would look at. And then when I was a grown-up, I went to our grandma Mimi's house, and I got a picture that your dad drew of a plate with one piece of chicken and some macaroni and cheese (laughs) on a table and the background was blue and I got a very nice frame for it so as an adult I put that in one of my apartments on the wall right there in the kitchen boom said yes my brother did that macaroni chicken leg picture I think that one was watercolor but it looked really cool and Also, any picture you do, sometimes it looks better if you just put a really cool frame around it.
2: Bam.
0: It's like, wow, this picture must be very important. And there was another one. (laughs) Uh, There's actually one of your pictures, Kenneth, the one of the guy kind of kneeling down. Uh, one, one of Melissa's friends actually has that in her house right now. It's hanging in Los Angeles. She loves it. That was, keeps,
2: that was, that was she, the one for the show, right?
0: That was the one for the show, that's right. And that so we gave it to her and she keeps it in her house all the time now. That, she loves it.
2: That, that one wasn't that one's not mine. That I collected from the dude I did in high school. Oh, that's
0: right. That's right. People. Well you gave it to me, so you didn't do it, but that picture is is being yeah. displayed.
2: Yeah, i couldn't find him again if, if what is his name i don't remember it was seth something yeah seth yeah yeah it's about- i did that when i did a siddhartha gutama where i had like this giant it's like a piece of black black poster board like i don't know 20 yards long so i tried I drew buddha sitting down and his 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 meditation rays were coming out and going across the whole page
0: <laughs> oh nice yeah are you what are you working on now are you working on any new drawings or paintings
2: uh so you're i mean you're the you're the real visual visual artist i mean i taught giving them the skills they need for drawing but uh now i've been doing three three-dimensional art projects making uh like engineering Arduino building i built a little box and stuff like that in 3d using blender it's um animation software yep Yeah, so I've been playing with that stuff, making animation. I want to do little animation cartoons and stuff like that. We're making 3D characters for Test. It's like Minecraft, but you can make your own 3D models and then import them, right, Ethan? Yeah. Yeah. Did you like doing that? Mm, Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's still a lot of work because you have to program it, export it, import it, and program it and mind test but there we did that a couple years ago yeah well
0: halloween's coming up and you did arduino robots for halloween are you guys gonna do some more robots this halloween in the house
2: no (laughs) this year no no (laughs) no i I tried to make something last year where you get close when you touch it it would just automatically like go or something like that but there was a there a short circuit the whole time, so it didn't work.
0: Ah, <laughs> uh, Ethan, you gotta help your dad. He doesn't he doesn't understand the Arduino robots coding. You can help him out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh,
2: no, you don't like that that much. Mm.
0: Or you could try you could try stop motion. What if you do a video where you take a picture, and move it a little bit, take a picture, move it a little bit, take a picture.
2: Did Did you do that recently? It hasn't actually. No, no, we, we haven't. Nine, We're nine, thinking about nine. it. We
0: started it 10 minutes in. It's
2: been an hour. So No, so 10, ten more minutes. Ten more minutes. So then
0: you can eat. Diego yeah, would love um, to tell you about the book you just read.
1: We did do it. You did do it? We did do a stop motion. Oh, cool. Last week? Yeah. About some guys, so a crowd of people. So, first the airplane flying. <laughs> meow. Then hundred dollars falls a thousand dollar paper bill. falls out bill falls at paper bill falls out of the plane and then it's falling uh, into the water and then the crowd on the beach says oh money 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 and then a shark comes from the other side of the beach and eats two of them up it goes back underwater And they're like ah money it Eats again the other two And then they're all dead And then the money disappears And starts falling from to the other side of the beach And then the shark yeah, Eats the money
2: That's a good one Tom, Tom. Yay <laughs> The end Oh my back is... Your back is hurting in that chair Yeah Yeah all right. So here's. I'm sitting.
1: Here's
0: what I'm thinking, nephew, son. I'm gonna. I'm thinking I'm gonna release you youngsters, and yeah. then me and your dad will keep talking for a little while.
3: That's okay. You I mean, it's can. hard to talk quiet. Like I'm trying to talk with
0: Yeah. So we're gonna pause for a second, then let you little guys go. Okay. And then we'll carry on. I'm just gonna pause the recording. All right.
2: All right.
0: Okay. So hold on one sec. Okay. Here we go. Welcome back. Hello. Oh good. Alright, here we go. No kids. I actually got one behind me in the corner, but he's in silencer mode.
2: So he's in he's in silence mode. <laughs>
0: he's in silence mode. It's like, oh, I have to go into top secret mode while I mean while we chat. Yeah, you bet. That's right. So, so I got I got two main questions for you, my yeah. brother. Number one, I would love for you to explain to me in as much detail as you can dive into what do you do for work? No, what do I do for work? Okay. No, and then number two, I would love to have you explain your journey from going as a young American, transitioning to Germany and going full expat, dropping the US citizenship. No. and what it's like because I, I'm not the only one there's a lot of people here in this nonsense that is the United States of America and we often think what is it like what if, what if I just left like what if I just got out of here and but the idea the lofty idea and thoughts is totally different from reality so I would just like to know what what it's been like for you because you've been over there for a long time Yeah,
2: since I was 20, 25, yeah.
0: So I guess I would love for you to start at the beginning. You know, how did you get over there?
2: All right, so we do that. I mean, working. Where where can we do that? I mean, I. You want to want want me to do that one first?
0: (laughs) Yeah, let's start there because that's that's what's most on my mind.
2: Uh, Yeah. So I am. uh, So I work at a uh, at a university here. So I have to. So we're at a university here in uh, in plant plant research. So a plant research in- institute. Yeah, we call it an institute, but it's also a, a, what do you? Yeah, and uh, so I'm involved in in teaching, and I also run. I do two. Well, I do three things. So I have to teach a little bit. Uh, I have to run a run a service facility for mostly flow cytometry, but also plant transformation. So. And I do supervision there and the plant transformation. And I run the flow cytometry division myself for well, the machines. And, um, and then I also do plant molecular genetic research uh, in the in-betweeny time now. But that was what my original got a degree in, in botany, Bachelor of Science in Botany at the University of Texas at Austin.
0: Woo-hoo. Oh, do you mind moving your mic just kind of?
2: Oh, yeah. So should really- I start over? No, 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 you're good. All right. Is that How about that? Oh, that's good. Is that's that, great. That, that's better? Much better. All right. You sure you so, don't want me to
0: repeat? No, nah, you're good. I can hurt it all. But what <laughs> flow cytometry, you're going to have to... You can't breeze yeah, past so that. I'll start, start the <laughs> flow cytometry. What does that mean?
2: Yeah, I, I'm kind of imagining somebody... Uh, Anyway, I don't know how much. Anyway, so I was in Austin and then I did a bachelor and then I went to, to Germany and I did my master's equivalent and then a PhD in plant molecular genetics, basically. And then, so what I do now is uh, I supervise the flow cytometry it is a technique where you have cells or particles flowing by some observation point one at a time. So instead of, uh, see I had a, I don't know. You like in a microscope, you might look at a microscope and you'd see a bunch of cells. I don't know, or either in tissue or loose. And then they might have some different properties. And you say, oh, you know, this one's uh, this type of cell. There's another one. That's a type of cell. And you take one, one picture. We're using different filters. It was using like fluorescence. And then um, the cytometer, you want to. So you get the, there in the microscope, you get a picture of everybody all at once or all the cells all at once. And then you'd do the other either... Well, now you can use a computer to, to take it apart, but otherwise you would have done it manually by eye, right? You know, you would categorize them or characterize what you're looking at. And then the flow cytometry is cells flowing. And then one by one, you collect a great population of the stuff and then do the same thing you were doing in the microscope, so to speak. So you'd characterize who had this and who had that. But the nature of the data allows you to separate it easier. So you kind of break it apart into little groups, and then you can then use that to generate your your observations to make hypotheses.
0: So as you're separating and parsing it out and getting that data, what do you do with that data? Or how do you use it?
2: Uh, it's like, well, any other research que- question you have, right? So um, most, well, I believe not, I mean, there are sometimes exploratory science where you just, let's just do something to see what comes out of nowhere. But even that is... Kind of nonsense. Nobody just starts observing stuff randomly. So you have some kind of question or something in the back of your mind, or something where you're going, where you want to observe certain things, right? You want to see if people are taking the bus. You you watch a bus. Um,
0: incoming, incoming.
2: It's our dad. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's funny.
2: Should I answer? I sure right no now. not right now not, not right now it That was because I sent a, a fu- another funny funny video oh okay um, yeah a, uh, <laughs> where was I yeah so you're, you're uh, saying yeah, what so, do you do with
0: you're saying you collect the data you're just collecting it and then someone else decides what to do with it or how to uh, apply it or how to how it cr- how it cross references against other no, research see. you know
2: Okay, I was thinking it from the perspective of the actual research scientist, which I normally like to take. But if, for example, if I we're doing exactly a service, service facility or, um, or they're called shared resource labs as well, and then, you'd yeah, you'd run a contractual science. So someone's like, oh, I need to do this, put it in the machine, you configure it, they get their data, and then they take the data and then they work with it. So the data would be any type of question where you want to Any type of question, So, but um, the question (laughs) depends what you want to look for. For example, cytometry, flow cytometry is is used to characterize um, um, cancer cells very easily. So that's that's used quite routinely or is used in uh, detecting HIV or HIV-infected cells because a lot of human cells, uh, they have cell surface receptors and other proteins on the surface, and you can make antibodies against these, and then the antibodies you Traditionally would couple them with a fluorescence molecule, fluorescent molecule that you could excite through a laser. So as the cells are flowing one by one in front of a laser, if they're carrying then the antibody which has the fluorescent molecule on top, it'll fluoresce and then you say, ah, I have a positive. And then for this is not my field because I work with plant science, but if you characterize enough markers, you determine, okay, yeah, this person person's blood contains a certain number of cells that carry these fluorescent markers which correspond to an antibody which says oh yeah that's when you have too many of those and you have cancer or that person is healthy or so on so if you just run the machine then you have to set it up calibrate it people would bring their samples they run it through it and then they take their data and they would go determine whether or not patient a b c d f has cancer or doesn't have cancer or the hiv or so on um, so, yeah, you can you can do it like that. Otherwise, from the perspective of actually doing research, you'd have the same question. as like, oh, I want to, I'm interested in cancer or this or that. So how do I do that? And then you design an experiment where you'd look using here in flow cytometry, but you could do the same, for example, if you took blood and put it on slides and then the same fluorescent marker, you'd try to count them by eye, which is very... It has a lot of statistical noise, statistical noise. You know, if you're diluting it out and pipetting it out, you have to then count it and do replicates because maybe you pipetted it wrong or you counted it wrong or you're tired after the 50th slide, you didn't measure it properly.
0: <laughs> so, so if you put it through the flow cytometer, it digitally counts? and Because you created that mapper which actually plots out the markers, right? So if it fluoresces, it actually collects the – it actually counts digitally for you?
2: Yeah, but no, yeah. So I don't have any of. I didn't make any software myself for that, but the machine itself, it, it collects it one by one. This okay. is the difference. The biggest difference for, from flow cytometry, which I didn't say to other stuff, is that you collect the entire population individually. So ideally, cell by cell. Okay. So that you have then at the end, you have not just the well, at the end you take the average, but you would have collected say a million cells or a hundred thousand or two hundred thousand cells. And then you have data for every single cell individually.
0: Wow um, how how does how? it how does it pass only a single cell at a time?
2: Ah, well, it goes through really really narrow tubing. <laughs> that <Yeah>. I, <laughs> I, I want
0: I want that's it seems too easy to say that, yeah,
2: but well, that my mind can't
0: my mind can't <laughs> go around a tube tiny enough for a single cell to pass through, but is that literally what it is?
2: Yeah, yeah, really, really. It, oh. I mean, it's it, it's actually a statistical process. It's a Poisson distribution. So you get if it's diluted out enough, they'll come by not at the exact same. You're not thinking the evenly distri- evenly distributed distributed, but they'll come by one at a time relative to the time slot that you're looking at it. And every once in a while, two will come by, or seven will be clustered together, something like that. But if it's diluted out enough and the tubing is long enough then they'll kind of basically space space out, you know, the, the spacing between them will stretch out enough that when they pass through the observation point, they're generally but not always passing one by one. Nice. That's the thing. And, you know, 20 years ago or maybe no, just 10 years ago, we had a resolution in microseconds. Now there's a resolution in nanoseconds because of the improvement in electronics. And also, they've able, been able to to make the machines more sensitive by getting very close and reducing electronic noise. Uh, and that's the technical engineering side, which uh, I try to look at it because it's important to know the tools that you use when you do science and not just use a tool blindly and go ah, it spits out X, Y, Z, and you just have to believe it. Right. So you should understand how the data is generated just in case something doesn't fit together you can then also criticize that and wonder how this works or that works too
0: and then was it, was any of the electricity from from the machine actually causing any molecular changes in the cells
2: um it it uh it could it could right for example if you're in the microscope and you hit something like like blue light a lot of cells don't like blue light it has a lot of energy that'll change or activate certain things or it'll impart heat into the actual system. But the time that the cells are spending in front of the laser in my machine is one, 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 yeah, one and a half, one and a half microseconds. So it's still possible that, I mean, a laser is always going to be hot, right? You're going to impart h- energy heat and pretending on the wavelength that might excite other molecules. So you could perturb the system but like in all other biological sciences it's kind of a balance of how much do you need to perturb it and and in, in order to make an observation and what's accept, uh, acceptable or not right and that's been the philosophy basically using reference material which plant well a lot of people use the word as a control but i like to use a reference because yeah uh, anyway i think so you have your base reference either the base level or where you're starting from and then you can look to see, okay, if I keep everything the same, this is this reductionist philosophy, mm-hmm. everything the same, and then then I change something, can I track that change to the event that I think changing it? You know, I add hormone A or drug B, and then I get more or less of whatever. Then you'd say, oh yeah, that's because of of hormone A or B. After you can control the other variables. Can you yeah. your video for a minute. Hold can, on. can you get?
0: Charger. Diego, can you get the charger? Hold on. One, say, hey. Uh, mm-hmm. pause for a second Can you get that charger, mm-hmm. please? Um, because the Okay. Sorry. We have we have a laptop dying. It's somewhere in the house. Yeah. This is a critical situation. No. Critical situation. Close the door, please. Cool. Diego, can you close the door, please? Can you close the door, please? I'm trapped in this chair. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Pardon that interruption. That's life. That's life.
2: Yeah. It's fun. It's fun.
0: All right. So you're using you're doing the plants as a proxy for other things to be applied, or is it literally is it processes that you're honing to go to other industries? Is it processes just for the sake of this is how you do? Pure research in order to help your PhD students? Or, I guess, what's the, if I had to say, what is the number one main objective of what you're doing? The big, biggest picture thing. And then you can kind of compartmentalize down into each
2: yeah. partition. So, you mean what, what, what I, uh, Kenneth, is doing?
0: Yes. What is yeah. the, the, the point of your, either you or the department?
2: Uh, generally we're at the university we we focus in our our department focuses on basic research that means just asking open-ended questions how does life work which translates specifically to how does this aspect of the plant work like senescence when a plant starts to yellow and it reuses its energy how does it how does this work molecularly or which genes are influencing that and of course, uh, and then it's just a basic research question. Then you just ask, okay, which genes are doing it? Or how does this work molecularly? Or which which proteins or other components or um, salts or ions are involved in it, right? If you collect enough information, then you can transfer that to some agricultural implications for that stuff. Um, but we generally don't focus on that. Are there are people that have connections with industry or or thinking about it um or working with other crops or other systems where you want to like transfer some of that knowledge so the knowledge doesn't transfer like one-to-one you know we, i work with the um, arabidopsis taliana which is basically a weed that's related to to cabbage and broccoli but it's not broccoli <laughs>
0: <laughs> and it's not cabbage
2: <laughs> it's not cabbage but but you can think in different parallels and then test in the new system where you're really working Like well, how, how does it really work or something like that? Um, and then there are different, which is an ongoing debate right now, how, how to apply that or how to move um, the whole, well, the word I don't like improve is kind of loaded. You know, it's a, a loaded word, right? Improve what, make what better for what, it depends on what you're doing. So if, if you have a, a plant that's been grown over 10,000 years of uh, selective breeding, or whatever, or less than that, but still for for heat, and you take it to a cold climate, it's probably not improved for the cold climate, right? That's why in every region we have different plants and different crops that have been adapted to the local to the local climate. Um, but yeah, so basically we do basic research. They're open-ended questions. How does this work? How does that work? and then then those that are involved in in applied research is what's that you know then they try to fit things together and then from what's known then you can ask more specific questions but yeah is that yeah i think that answered the question
0: and then you regularly use the flow cytometry is that something that leads some of your phd students to i guess look for work after that knowing taking the skills that they learn from you and your yeah. department, you know what are they? You know they're uh, they're absorbing some skills and gaining an idea yeah, of true. how to apply that's questions. That's only one.
2: That's only one tiny bit uh, of of the whole whole bit. Um, the machine I run is quite quite difficult, so it's not as complex as an airplane, but there's plenty of switches, and you have to recalibrate and fix a bunch of stuff. The one I'm actually use. There are other machines that are much kind of like on off buttons basically just have to make sure it doesn't jam and you keep it clean and it's fine and if there's a little calibration you can call an engineer and they can tweak it a little bit and they're gone but the one actually run is it's much more complicated um no there there are lots of different techniques basically everybody does everything so the idea is to get a holistic introduction so if you'd studied a pathway you'd interested in gene like for example yellowing too fast so it's senescing right so the plant is going to to, to um, yeah, it's yellowing senescing when you kind of basically re you're going to die. So you're going to senesce. So it's, but you want to recoup all your energy, like, um, so you take the, the leaf material back out. And that might be important for different well the aspects you want to look at, but somebody who would study that would not just look at, like characterize which which leaves are yellowing quicker, this and that you try to make a connection to which genes. Maybe there's some proteins that activate this or the protein a transcription factor, which is a particular protein that activates genes. Um, you know about it and maybe it has a different target or it has a relate a relative of that protein exists in rice or maize or other crops, right? And say, oh, well, maybe this one's also working in the other crops. And then you want to study that. And so the, you'd have di- different techniques to um, for example, uh, also work and we're looking at, um, particular hormone called cytokinin. And we want to know basically how our transcription factors bind to genes. We kind of know, but we don't know exactly. And we're using techniques, other in vitro techniques to do, um, to look at if two things can interact. And it's like surface plasmon resonance or it's called isothermal calorimetry, or, um, MST is microscale thermophoresis. And the, even there is kind of interesting because those techniques, you also just measure, like the cytometer, you're going to measure fluorescence. So you have a bunch of detectors, and you collect fluorescence in each detector. Knowing what you put in and what you expect, and other hypotheses, you can then determine ah, on detector A, I did see the you know the evidence for protein B, and on the detector C, I saw evidence for protein C, and the other machines too, all the other things that we measure, you also just collect. It has more light or less light or it, it, the light bent or didn't bent, stuff like this. And from all of these using different models and other ways that we think about it, then we can say, ah, because the light bent this way, it was brighter than I presume that they were interacting. So these two proteins are my protein to my DNA. And then you'd go back from an in vitro setting, which was, you know, and then you try to test that in planta and see, okay, so if it's this one and I remove it or I change it, is it regulating it? Yeah, I
0: don't know, I mean, so your point. So okay, if three. you find if you find that transcription and you're getting the the DNA, you're, are you constantly testing or reading the DNA, or is it mostly the protein? Or you're I know they're combined together all the time, but are you always identifying both before you no, make a change? Not
2: unless, it depends on the assay. So it's like so it depends on what you're looking for. That makes sense, right? You say, yeah, of course, it makes sense, but. There are techniques where theoretically, it's sort of the, it's not really the uncertainty principle, but basically you take one part of piece apart. You can't look at the other piece because you've kind of either we're going to look at the DNA or we're going to look at the proteins, or you find a technique where you can kind of look at both at the same time, or you do a parallel experiment where you split it up apart and you take one part and look at the DNA and then you look at the protein, but you don't do both at the same time because when you look at the DNA you destroy the protein, or when you look at the protein you destroy the DNA. So the, that w- when we look in planta, so you, and then you need different reference materials. You're trying to combine that back together. At least that's generally how things been done. There are a lot of new techniques where you can theoretically. Uh, it's not really possible, but you just basically pulverize everything, and then measure everything all at once. But that doesn't really work either.
0: <laughs> so then, so then, where are you actually? Where are you pulling from the plant for these tests and and to get these that samples also
2: an important question for example traditionally a long time ago it was you had like roots and shoots so all the green stuff and all the bottom stuff you need to grind grind that up and you'd say oh it's doing stuff in the top and it's doing stuff in the bottom which are a lot of important things for example like how how flowering time is measured or we have the nitrogen or your other nutrients are going back and forth but it depended on the resolution of what one had you know like uh, 20 years ago planets didn't on other stars didn't exist because there was no technique and no method for actually observing planets around our other stars and the same thing here you'd have it wasn't possible to look at a say a single cell basis even though people who worked um um with 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 um classical botany would you know, slice up the leaves, cut it. You look at all the the different cell types. It's possible to categorize them, to stain them, to identify them, but actually analyze one by one are the different layers. The same thing that we have in our body. We have multiple tissues, you know, your arm, you have skin, then you have muscle, then you have the fat, you have the bone, right? You would just grind me all up and say, <laughs> well, that's the arm, <laughs> but if we did that. that's so that's so
0: that's how it used to be just they would chop the arm off grind it up and just random sample it's
2: easier it's a leaf or a stem or a flower or the petal or the pistil. you know the larger organs but even there you have a very complex lots of different tissue uh, cell types Mm -hmm. now if we go back to the cytometer the cytometer i can't shove a plant into a small tube and get it single cell right naturally
0: (laughs) bigger than one cell wide
2: yeah and they have the cell walls, right? So they're also built in little little boxes. Right. With Yeah. Um, but it's possible to remove the cell walls using either by breaking them or by using enzymes that degrade them. They're from fungi that, that normally eat the plants. So those proteins have been purified. And then um, you can then remove the cell walls, and then you get the cells out. And there you can do different assays. And very recently there are different techniques, flow cytometry is one of them, where you could identify it and then oh, sort out a single cell. Or okay. um, there are other techniques where you can actually take out single cells and then try to look at a single cell resolution in that big mix. All right. And then...
3: Wait, a J and a what?
2: Dad, Yeah, go yeah, on. Yeah, and then study, uh, and then study, uh, um, how things are individually. Otherwise, you do it with microscopy. You could just, the same thing, like I said, with antibodies, you could take, uh, your tissue. It also works with humans, right? Or animal tissues. You take a tissue slice, you fix it so the the tissue doesn't degrade and the proteins, the structures preserve. And then you get antibodies, and you could look: oh, where in the cell is uh, protein A expressed, or where is it detected, or where is a certain chemical present? And then you could basically fix all these different tissues where you're looking, and then based on where the things are and where you detect them, then you you build in a new model or a new conception, a new hypothesis, a model of how things are working, and then you try to well, hopefully, test to destroy the model. So that's. I just don't want to, good science is, is not proving stuff, it's disproving things.
0: Right, that's, yeah. that's the general mission, right? So you have an idea and you yeah. try and disprove it.
2: Disprove it, yeah. Not prove it. <laughs> Although we like to say that as, ah, you know, but if, if you have a good hypothesis, it'll survive your, your attacks to destroy it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so do you, do you have those meetings where you discuss how to disprove each other's hypothesis? Before you really dig in, or as you're going, or is that a regular routine routine part of the study?
2: Yeah, it's more it's more seen as a, like an ongoing thing. So a lot of people would say, even for basic things, I realize that the word troubleshooting, like you like I was explaining, you yeah, have a machine, you don't know how it works, so you want to troubleshoot how it's working. Right. Okay. So it would be um, you. You also have an idea how. What's well, wrong, you know, say, ah, oh, it could be this or it could be that. It also could be, um, and then basically when you're doing something, I don't know, your car is broken, right? So is it, is it because the tire's punctured or because this or that? It's basically the same process. Oh, it could be this, could be this. You listen to it, you check it, the exact same uh, process, right? So that you'd have an idea what's wrong or what's going on. And you look and test in different positions and you rule the ones out that don't don't actually work so um and it's usually an ongoing process or sometimes they have like meetings uh or you have like uh yeah you can have a meeting together to kind of go over stuff but nobody would actually actively say usually what i just said (laughs) (laughs) use the chat if you can use the
0: chat yeah i'm surprised that's what that's what uh, us uh, assumers on the outside do. Oh.
2: That's a. Thunder on me. Assume-
0: yeah. Oh, can you hear me now?
2: Nope, not yet.
0: Nope.
2: There we go. Now you're back. Better. My internet connection is unstable.
0: Ah, I you. somebody's streaming video in your house. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> you better shut them down right now. Don't, you have control. You do. You remote log into your your router. Just kill all feeds except yours.
2: Yeah, I, I have the power. I have to. No, we're not. I don't think we out there. they're no. But yeah, I think it, was, it just broke. It had to reconnect. That's
0: no problem. Yeah. Well, since yeah. since you you have any of your departments within Max Planck been asked to address any of the situations for Corona no, uh, because yeah. of flows, uh, flow flow side is you know identifying antibodies, your okay. understanding of RNA, tRNA, and all that transcriptions.
2: Yeah, Does any of that apply uh,
0: towards the current case? No, it's a cop. It's a cop. It's
2: a cop. It's a cop. Yeah, I, I, know, I know of somebody who is a student and he's working in a laboratory. They're working on uh, techniques um, for determining uh, what did he tell me? Um, yeah, for determining a component of it. It's either for a diagnosis or no, it's for cure. They have a different cure idea. So a new new way for curing it or treating it. Yeah. He's working as a, a bachelor student, yeah, a bachelor student in, in a laboratory. So doing active research for it. Yeah, we don't do that because we work with plants. So Corona is not a big threat for plants directly. No,
0: not a threat, but, <laughs> but applying how you identify yeah, proteins the techniques and RNA. Yeah, are all the
2: same, is what I meant. So being a plant molecular geneticist is the same thing as being a molecular geneticist. So all the techniques that we do are completely applicable to anything else in any other organism on planet Earth. Um, the knowledge is different, right? So my knowledge base is, is not as good or very, very minimal. <laughs> but I mean, you could jump in. So all the techniques and things like that and the concepts I'd be able to learn after a while. So if I, I spent a year or two in animal science, even though somebody get mad at me, you'd, you'd catch up and you'd be, be able to keep going. Yeah.
0: And since you understand all those things in detail, you know we've had talks about does any of this impact the way you eat? As far as since you know what you ingest actually turns on and off genes and all of that, uh, does it? Does it modify? We actually Do you know.
2: We I don't think we know enough about all of that, Fortunately. <laughs> so, I mean, that's there's a lot of big fads, especially on your side of the Atlantic. <laughs> Like, you know, take this, take that, do this, do that. Um, uh, uh, maybe there are a few things. Um, like, okay, okay,
0: so let's, let's just address plants. You feed your plants certain things to activate and deactivate certain genes to be tested, right? Or protein counts or DNA yeah, responses?
2: We could, but like yeah. the most recent project we're going to do, we're going to do heat shock. For example, I want to work on a heat shock project.
0: Okay, yeah, tell me about that, at- because they, I've learned a lot more about heat shock proteins in humans, yeah. which ah. actually gets activated due to sauna use.
2: Uh-huh. So tell yeah, me how you apply that to plants. Yeah, so in, in our case, we're going to look at um, uh, this mo- most recent project. We're going to look at guard cells, so the cells that do the stomata, that open and close, that control the, the amount of air that actually gets in and out of a leaf. We want to look at the gene regulation and the gene changes in the stomata um, and how that responds to heat stress, just um, so that we would be able to basically to build build a map of also the, the DNA and the chromatin and the total gene, gene, gene landscape that changes during during that. Um, and for now, we're going to focus on Arabidopsis because that's where most, most is known. We have our tools. But then you want to look then later like um, if you know it's changing over here, that use the chat. I can't. It
0: take too long. Okay, we've done We've done this before, you know. Ch- you yeah, know do, doing podcasts from home. You know, I've got children. <laughs> Last time he was totally silent. I guess this is an exciting one. So yeah, I try trying to I try and accommodate everyone. You know.
2: No problem here.
0: I can't carry Uh, this giant iMac outside. Next time, I think maybe I'll do it on the laptop so I can go hide in a corner somewhere.
2: (laughs) Soundproof room?
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, we used to do it upstairs. We have a room with, you know, a couple audio pads on the wall, you know, little sound dampeners. Yeah, yeah. I may relocate next week.
2: You may. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. or the other device, yeah. So, but I didn't. Uh, what else do we know about heat shock? No, I was looking up different heat shock proteins, factors, looking at the specific genes that in in the Rhabdopsis that go up. Um, so you
0: you were you were able to measure it.
2: Well, these are I, I, actually it's already data that's available. You could actually Google it and find it on on the web already. Um, but to go back to exactly what you're saying, heat shock factors go up when you go in the sauna because it's hot. There's a lot of heat shock factors. The reason that there certain things are chaperones, right? So what they they do is when the cell is too too hot, you have certain proteins that will help other proteins either to fold back to the way they're supposed to be, or they keep them from misfolding. Right. Right. As as things fold, and a lot of these genes are induced by other stresses in, in the plants that because that's what I looked at. So also like osmotic stress, so um, or salt stress more or less the same thing, sort of. So,
0: so what positive yeah. markers were you finding from the heat shock?
2: Mostly the heat shock protein.
0: <laughs> but I mean, what, what was the actual positive outcome?
2: Uh, um, uh, in this case, a higher transcription. So that means that the, the transcription rate of the gene is increased. So that means that's the RNA. And then after there's a lot more RNA, of course, then we presume that we have a lot more protein.
0: Okay. So go so going, so more heat equals more transcription, more, more RNA, and that produces more protein, more proteins, more protein. which is going to, so you're accessing, you're accessing more protein on a cellular level be, due to the heat.
2: Exactly. Yeah. So, but it, but the particular, that from what I was trying to say earlier, I'm measuring only the RNA. So my presumption is that there's more protein.
0: Ah, you're presuming. Virus. So do you next need to test for the protein?
2: yeah if you really i mean it's been tested this has been published many times but yeah you'd go back and test it say okay there should be more protein can i use an antibody against my heat shock factor heat shock factor to check is there more protein and then i would then test that with my reference control untreated with no heat plus heat and then if i could see more protein i go hmm okay yes more transcription more protein hypothesis has survived
0: okay could you, could you go totally opposite or if you say, what if I'm transcripting too much of a bad thing with the example of cancer? Because there's also
2: yeah, cold therapy, exactly.
0: which does the same. Yeah. Have you tested the opposite to bring down that type of transcription or protein levels using cold?
2: Cold? Um, uh, it, 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 it's been done, of course. Um would you i didn't check for the cold effects on on the heat shock factors particularly for arabidopsis i didn't look at that but that's a good question like like if it was really hot and then really cold or it was really hot and then it rained for example you know that would be like the same effect i could think of something like that because i I listened Um, to
0: you know studies in humans obviously that's doing the hot cold yeah treatments here whereas you're going sauna ice water sauna ice water and what you do is it it helps ramp up the release and removal of misfolded proteins or cells that are on their way out but they haven't been pushed out for the need to kind of the need to survive Mm -hmm. do you can you do the same in plants because you're it seems very similar i don't know if you can be that rapid as humans but maybe if you would do your heat shock for i guess how are you doing the heat shock is it one hour of hot is it a day is it 10 no, minutes it, it, i guess how long is the time period
2: yeah yes it varies one <laughs> <we're gonna> be, <laughs> which we're one are you doing? doing we're only going to be doing a few hours i think max um, but other people have done it longer or like higher that in drought the problem is we have a system where we're constantly pumping i mean we have kidneys and and you know we're pumping and removing chemicals right in, in the plant, for example, like well, um, where is it going to push? It doesn't really exude its 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 junk. So, well, depending on the plant, of course. And so, one technique is plants carry a big water bottle inside each cell, the vacuole. Right, it's mostly full of water, but other you know sometimes it will put stuff in there like junk that it doesn't need or other chemicals that will kind of accumulate it there. But I mean, the real answer is I don't know. Um, but I don't think if you you treat it hot, cold, hot, cold, hot, I mean, if you do that to a plant, I think it just (laughs) (laughs) dies.
0: Yeah. I I would think that would, that's what I'm saying. You can't, you know, you can't attribute everything we do to us humans to plants.
2: But, but if you did it, I mean, it depends on the extremities, right? So, I mean, you'd have like in summer right now here, it's now 90 degrees outside Fahrenheit. So it's 30 degrees this morning. It was, I don't know, 10, uh, 10 or 12 degrees colder right so the plants are constantly being bombarded by this it didn't rain and it's getting hot now it's high humidity then it'll drop down again but like all certain animals it has a range yeah but not without my supervision
0: (laughs) they're gonna throw throw knives again at the wall
2: (laughs) (laughs) want, want to install a game here
0: oh okay Hello.
2: Um,
0: yeah, so I guess if you're in a, so in where you live, based on what you do, does that also apply to your feeling on get the genetically modified? You're modifying your genes in your plants. So how do yeah. you feel about the food and the concern? we not America's different. You know, we we go yeah. we go hard with injecting plants with crazy stuff, but where you're at, you don't, or do you? Uh, I know we've had this talk, but I still don't, clear. I know you've told me that it's a big deal about being organic, no genetically modification, but I understand that we've been modifying genes of plants. We've been growing for hundreds of years. So are they all <laughs> yeah, so already I mean that- modified in a, in a yeah. total
2: so in the, the, one, one of our favorite examples, we as a counterpoint, is in the 60s, all of the different wheats and stuff that were, were generated using x-rays. So I, I think you know x-rays are quite powerful. If I bombard you with x-rays, i would give you cancer, right? Right. So what they did, they took a bunch of uh, wheat seeds and other, other crops, zapped them with x-rays, and then let them grow. And then the ones that survived, and they kind of tasted good, we kept those. I don't know what all their names are, but you can look it up. But we have a lot of different crop varieties that come from plants that were bombarded with x-rays. These didn't kill anybody. We've been using them since the 1960s or the 19... I think it was around the 1960s or or even older. No, it was 1960s, right? So these are, have been fine. Are you going to play it?
0: And that was there and or here?
2: That was... Uh, I think I think I actually didn't check. I should have checked. Uh, I think it was I'm not gonna say where it is. I don't know. But they're they're all over the world. So anybody that's been using them, we could look them up, but um so what what that means is people have been eating X ray bombarded where you have basically huge breakages of chromosomes. So chromosomes are moved around, oh, all hey, hey, hey. lots of genes are disappeared or been rearranged. Hey, hey, hey. All right? So huge chromosomal changes. That's hey, why when we hey. do um generally genetically modified crops. All right. We're only changing a teeny, teeny little bit, if at all. And that's just added to it. So basically you have the whole plant was as it was, and you add a teeny tiny bit. And um, I think the the only, the major complaint was, um, well, from my point of view is, well, one of the states, I don't think you have much of a choice.
0: (laughs) You have to look pretty hard. You have have to do a lot of homework.
2: But they're on the market, so but they're yeah. they're safe. So there's nothing wrong with uh, genetically modified crops. In fact, they're usually tested more than other plants. So if you grow traditional breeding, you don't need to go and check it as much for safety or which chemicals are produced. Only um, genetically modified crops are actually tested more than they are normal crops. I know yeah. I said that three times, but still.
0: That's okay. I mean, um, what what I was reading recently in the in the book I'm on now is the the bigger concern of not at the molecular level, but yeah. the push to avoid them here is not due to the molecules in the plant itself. It's due to how those crops are raised. So uh quote unquote genetically modified seeds crops are typically yeah. hit with more pesticides and herbicides, all this glyphosate and things that are in how we grow our monocrop culture. And that's why here we say, don't eat GMOs. It's not because we think, if if that same seed was grown organically it's fine it's just that say don't do gmo because it it pushes more towards how they produce it and mm-hmm. damages yeah. soil so that's that's yeah, why yeah. we lean towards not and that's why yeah, I, I was okay. wondering like oh molecularly it's not going to make an eye grow out of my ear but no. the chemicals they put into to actually grow it does get yeah, in my yeah. body and that can create problems
2: yeah, I think I, I I should know this exactly, especially if this is gonna be. So the yeah, there's certain chemicals that are quite quite dangerous, but these are being banned recently all over the world. A little bit more. Yeah, exactly. So the molecularly, that's not not that dangerous, or it's even less dangerous. And then how do you? Because
0: you. So with the Rabidopsis, dangerous. with the Rabidopsis, you're you're literally. What happened? Are you with rhabdopsis? you no, I can't hear you you're You're muting yourself what, what hello, 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 hello All right. good, good. can you hear it's me broken. now? I can hear you well, just let me know when you can hear me. His internet is cutting out and gone back maybe
2: uh yeah man i don't want I don't wanna look at myself here okay okay Okay.
0: all right you're back i just paused it while you fixed the mic all good yeah it's cool
2: there we go all right all right um yeah that's a good yeah i mean i have the same opinion but for different reasons here so there's also like local farming for example local farming is good or eating crops from the season right that are the seasonal crops that makes more sense Uh, environmentally right or um, and it's not not a really a question of, of a genetically modified crop or who if it's genetically modified right so this is the thing that here Europe has just banned them all completely and Germany is very anti-GMO completely and some of it's a mixture between anti-corporate mm-hmm. philosophy and other stuff um,
0: so what do you agree with and disagree with Okay, so let's, yeah, just tell everybody Switch no topic. no more watching anything. Switching topics. Okay, yeah.
2: if, are you good on time?
0: Are you good on time, or do you want to pick up? No, nah, we're
2: fine. We're not. We're not doing anything right now. Okay, it's still too too early to go for a walk. All right. Did you did you have breakfast? You had breakfast, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we had
0: breakfast early. The kids built a giant fort last night in the living room, oh, and. Cool. It's a pretty good one. It's actually pretty so we're incorporating more rubber bands and clips. Uh, and yeah. you know, tunnelways, all the good all the good things in a good fort. Um but yeah, so now if now you wanna switch into your your Exodus of the, the US My of exodus?
2: A. Exodus. <laughs> well, uh,
0: So you're do so you're doing your masters and PhD there. All right. Yep. Yep. Are you ready? And I guess was it? you know, uh, obviously, marrying someone from Spain, gonna keep yep. you cl- gonna keep you in Europe, even more. Yeah. Then you <laughs> have twin boys. Now you yeah. have now you have children and a wife. Your work is there. You, I'm you all be- grown up. you're a grown up. You become a tenured professor at Max Planck. Oh.
2: No, yeah, I work at the University of uh, of. Uh, at Tubingen,
0: actually university of Tubingen. okay yeah
2: yeah
0: so all those factors say you have nothing to do with u.s anymore (laughs) (laughs) so it makes perfect sense that you say why i'm not you're not coming back yeah and uh for all those reasons you know
2: come on zoom don't break
0: yeah you're fine i see you i hear you
2: keeps breaking on us
0: yeah, uh, uh, video. Just you know, you could turn off your video if you want. Let me try that. One. Okay. All right. So Where that's working we? better. No need for video.
2: Nah, we don't need to see each other.
0: Nah, I know what you look like. You're a <laughs> that's handsome what young. What was gonna say. Very handsome young man.
2: Ah uh, yes, handsome man of forty-five
0: yeah so so I was just saying, so all the, all those factors, and
2: yeah, I guess this is one one to push it over the edge, and you know what that was? Tell me uh if you're an American and you earn over four hundred bucks a year and are married, you have to file taxes with the United States, and that that's that, so. I have to do a tax declaration here and a tax declaration over there so there's a there's a certain uh, you're allowed what is it roughly now it's i don't know over a hundred thousand bucks free uh as foreign income if you leave live in a foreign country but and then you have your tax deductible whatnot but then after that you have to uh you'd have to pay taxes so you have to do your declaration uh, not pay taxes but do your declaration uh, if you're an american no matter where you are in the world no matter what you're involved in and that's that's that
0: so how come you didn't have to you didn't have to travel to the states every year you just had to make sure to pay taxes you didn't have to actually you know some countries depending on no their... you
2: don't need to be there physically present no but you have to uh, you have to do the declaration and is yeah, that because is that because
0: the university pays for your before you were no, a German citizen, they paid for your work visa no, they full-time?
2: No, it's a normal job. So I have a normal job. They don't pay for anything. I pay for my visa. Um, just for my income, basically, if I'm living here, I pay the I pay taxes here, I live here, I earn my income here, then you have it's the foreign income exclusion, a foreign income exclusion where you basically you say, I earn all this money, but I'm, I'm living here more than I think, what was it, 360 days a year or something like that? Or... I don't remember the number right now, <clears throat> and and after that, then your then your your tax home is the foreign country or the other place. Because if you did like half half, then you have to basically put half half, and then there are other treaties and stuff like that to handle all that. Um, uh, what was my point. Uh, so no, it's a normal job. I live here because I have a normal good job. I had a normal visa, and then when I got married to 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 Ritutis, then. Um, then I had uh, this, this five-year. I'm married to a European visa, <clears throat> but um, I'd still have to get a visa every year, and you uh, still have to do your tax declaration in the United States. And I decided that since, like you just said, you pointed out, I have most of all my my life invested as an adult here. That might as well in um, uh, the extra trouble. So then that's the reason I became. Expat, yeah. So you <laughs> did.
0: It, I mean, it is what you are, but you're yeah, not. Yeah. You know, we liked. You know, you leave America. You are. You are a non-patriot. <laughs> Ex-patriot. Yeah, exactly. You can't. Yeah. You know, you you can't be you patriotic. Tra- you can't be patriotic for any other country. It doesn't. You're doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, traitor. <laughs> so you did. So you by giving it up, going full citizenship in Germany. You don't have to pay for visas anymore. You don't have to pay for taxes or file oh, here.
2: I can, I can vote here. You yep. can
0: vote there. You can get... We
2: have, a, we have a better working democracy.
0: I agree. You have a better president, obviously.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that, the, the, whole, the whole government works quite quite differently. But um, yeah, so yeah, the, the democratic principles here are, I mean... There's a big big turnaround after World War II, right. So they had to make a new constitution and so on. Um, and, and the reason also we have the social, social structure here is for, for health care and, and um, it's built into the Constitution so that um, you can't take it away. So it's like a, a right. I think, I think that's correct.
0: You have a right to good health care.
2: Yeah. yeah, we have a right to good health care.
0: Amazing! That is a very, very novel idea.
2: (laughs) Not really, but
0: (laughs) yeah, I don't. You know, I I was just reading an article yesterday that said America is the second worst developed country to raise children in, Mm. and I have yet to Google what's the worst developed nation to raise children (laughs) in. But you know, think you know, saying comments like that is.
2: Yeah, it's, it's a, so sh- it's so a small. It's bit too. Bitter.
0: It's yeah. It's just someone upset. Huh? You know, like what? Who? Based on what principles? Okay. Based on what ideas? What are your values? What are you looking for? Um, so the good thing is your your boys can live. They speak three languages. They could live and travel amongst the half more than half of the world, and speak and get along. You know, it's it's awesome. I think it you doing that opens up more of the world for them
2: yeah, i mean you, you asked me what was like the first time the first time that I realized that the United States was bigger than the United States I was what twenty twenty three or something like that seems a bit stupid. I mean you learn you know the other there other countries are and uh but there was a I was in a Greek restaurant with another friend Yay. and then she was friends with the owner, and then the owner was um I said, "Oh, yeah, where are you from?" He's, oh, "I'm from Greece." I'm like, "Okay, yeah, but uh, where are you from?" He said, "I'm from Greece." <laughs> it was just something that that simple, that stupid, but I was like, "I was like, oh my gosh, you're really not from here, <laughs> right?" Because I always had the impression, even growing up, that you know, when we were there, that everybody, usually that was in the states, wants to be part of it, a part of it, or some aspect of it. I don't know. And here's the first time I'd meet people are, that were from a different country. And they didn't, they don't need to be, didn't want to be German. They don't need to be German. They're perfectly happy being whatever they were. They were just visiting. I was also kind of like, oh, wow. Yeah. You, you don't have to kind of, you, you know what I'm talking about? A little bit this, like the melting pot philosophy.
0: That you can, you the, can be and like to be from somewhere else or live somewhere else that's not here
2: yeah but but for me the first time was in it was this 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 greek greek person i just it dawned on me i was like wow oh the world is bigger than just 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 where we are
0: and when how how long was that before you decided to take your first what was it was it an internship or just the master's where you decided to go to germany like how yeah, far does that Greek restaurant before you just said, You know what? I could I could go somewhere else. I could go to Germany.
2: Uh, I think that was, was I say let's say five years before that. And then uh, I also had it. Then uh, later, also a lot of a lot of other friends in in, in college. And they um, it's the same thing. I was like, oh, uh, well, I don't know. They had a lot of a uh, lot of Asian friends. And some of the family was here, but then other people had family not just somewhere in Asia, but also like all over Europe. I have a brother in Denmark, another brother over here, another sister's over here. I was like, the whole world is a whole lot bigger than just, just the United States. <laughs> 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 and uh, I you know, I was like I was like, Well then I want to go. I don't want why do I have to stay here? And then I looked I looked on the internet. I did three semesters of German. I was looking a little bit to see. And I was looking around. The internet was very young then, right? We're talking, uh, what are we talking about? It's, uh, it's almost 25, 20 years ago. Uh, and I found a job advertisement for an internship, like you said. And I wrote them in German and some and in English. And they did a little interview. And then they, they invited me over.
0: Uh, I didn't, I had no idea you did that on your own. I always thought. It was through U T.
2: Oh no. No, I did it all on my own. It's like uh, I got super lucky. they out of it. Yeah. My my email was uh punk rock. <laughs> <laughs> it was I'm
0: I'm guessing the impetus for learning some German and looking to Germany is because of our German roots from many, many years ago. Yeah? Yes,
2: of course. That's cool. yeah. Yeah. Glad you didn't bring that up at the beginning. Yeah, of course. Yeah. So our 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 name should be from very southern Denmark or northern north northwest Germany. Oh, right. North Germany.
0: Yeah, and I I was looking up and speaking to Dad right, and trying to figure out how many great grandparents ago it was that immigrated to the states. Yeah. And I think it was f- eight. I think it was four or five greats before us. Yeah. And wait, wait, wait. you're the. F- your boys are the first ones fully growing up back there. So they, 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 they <laughs> yeah. you know, they're, they, they, they are the first generation to go back. And so exactly. their kids would be like, oh, remember that? What is that? What is it? Eight people between <laughs> who left and <laughs> came back. It's, it's your boys. It's awesome.
2: Exactly. I think it was in the when was it eighteen sixties, right? Or I think
0: before that, yeah.
2: Or eighteen eighty something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So you got the internship, you begun your mission, and then I got
2: the internship, and then I got uh, nothing.
0: Um, nothing was at all along this path. Nothing was calling back like, ah, oh, I really want to go back to the states. None um, of, not did you hit those it, that, roads to the years or ever want no, to come I mean, back?
2: Well, for a little bit, but it was kind of, to be honest, it was, it was come back if I couldn't, couldn't hack it here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, you, it'd be a retreat. You're like, no retreat.
2: <laughs> no retreat. No quarter. No, it was, uh, yeah, no. Um, not, not really. So, when I, when I, when I, w- I was, uh, it was in 1999, right? The Euro started in, was it 2001, but officially then in 2000? And actually wanted to be here for the the conversion because when I came here it was still the Deutsche Mark was the currency, Deutsche Mark, mm-hmm. and then I wanted to uh, mm-hmm. I wanted to be here for that, and then I had to go back for three months um, to wait for some stuff where, um, uh, before I could go back. And um, no, I, I it was still a new experience. It was still very, I mean. German culture in my opinion especially coming from where we're at in Texas is not that different but there are a lot of subtleties that that compile you know after a while they build up and you're like oh okay yeah it's different but because I mean but we also have german ancestry so there's a lot of lot of parallels that make the cultural adaptation easier right except for the language right so the beginning when I came I didn't speak much german so what so good.
0: what culturally made it smooth smoother for you? Or what smooth. did you like?
2: What what allowed you to
0: kind of vibe with the culture better for you?
2: Um Yeah, I mean the people are normal, so <laughs>
0: <laughs> wait, people are people? Is that what you're trying to tell me?
2: I say yeah, people are people.
0: Ah, very interesting.
2: <laughs> but yeah, speaking a little bit of the language is, is important. That that, that's, that should go. It's obvious, but no matter where you live, so it's important. Um, when I came, it was mostly just the younger generation that could speak some English. Um, most of the generation now, everybody can speak English, so it's it's quite a bit different. Twenty years, twenty years on, twenty years later, um, but it, it's quite necessary just to 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 communicate and get get used to things. It was a lot quicker than I thought. So to learn a, to have like a second language feeling for a language only takes like a year and a half to two years, and the brain will make a like a click and say, "Oh, okay, yeah, I I get most of this stuff. That's fine. I don't need to translate or hurt 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 myself anymore."
3: Uh,
0: Because well, in the beginning, like you said, it was it wasn't really as common. So then you did your didn't you do your full masters and PhD in German?
2: Yeah, I had to do a, a master's equivalent, so I technically don't have a master's.
0: Equivalent. It's but, why? But, why I even say that? That's that's not cool. If it's equivalent, it is. <laughs>
2: no. <laughs> or you just say
0: no. like, I, so that'd be like the same as saying I have master's level training, but not a master's.
2: <laughs> yeah. I do exactly. Is
0: that what you? Is that what you're telling me?
2: No, I wrote a, I wrote a thesis and everything, but we, we needed to do that to for the replacement. So I had uh, an extra two years of. Um, Uh, during my studies to, to make up for that. And there I was at the Max Planck, Max Planck in, in Cologne uh, for five years. Uh, And then, then I continued on with my PhD. Yeah.
0: And then how did you, how did you end up in Tubingen?
2: Tubingen. after I finished my PhD, I had a, I had a friend where we worked on several papers in Cologne and he had a um, uh, he was working down here and recommended me to um, uh, to, to a professor uh, who was looking for someone who had my skill set. So one of the things I like to do was to do everything. <laughs> so uh, I'm interested in everything, like to, to learn as, as much as possible. And um, and I had some, some, basically what I'm doing now, um, I guess they kind of had it in mind a long time ago so that my skill set... Um, an interest level fit to what I'm doing now because I also did um, some plant transformation work and some other in vitro culture stuff that not everybody does uh, along with the other stuff that I was doing so now there's another job opportunity and I, I came for the job uh, past the interview and then was then uh, working here um, in different different labs ever since until I got the position I'm at now, which was in 2012.
0: Yeah. Wow, is that long ago. Yes. And and tell me about why that. I mean, that that was a very land landmark achievement, really, because getting that position solidified your position. Yeah, Whereas, also, whereas right? where you had to uh, before, it was a little nerve wracking as for applying for grants and and continuing to be working is that how
2: that's how it works that's right so most of the the job positions are every contracts for two three years i had a contract for four years but that's an exception and either you write your own grant or you have to work with somebody that's writing grants and it's quite difficult germany also has the 12 years rule for the university systems which is six years before and six years after you're only allowed to work basically six years plus two years for any kid, for each kid after you finish your degree. Um, so you can only work for six plus two per kid after you finish your degree at any university system in Germany. And after that, either you have a permanent position or you need to um, or get third party money or switch careers completely.
0: Oh, no pressure, right?
2: Nah, nah.
0: It's fine. So how, bu- how, Soon before you were due for, okay, my three-year contract is up, how soon would you st- start writing for grants? Would you do it immediately? Start the two years before to start basically, it going?
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't write the grants for my for the positions that I had, but now that I'm trying, yeah, you basically have to, yeah, if you need a job in three years, you need to start working on it ahead of time, maybe two years ahead of time. Takes a year for the review process. So basically, you need to be moving the entire time. And that's a skill that not everybody has naturally. And it's a skill that not everybody can teach either. In fact, I don't, I don't think most people teach. I know a few people that are teaching their students or their apprentices is actually, is it what it really is? Uh, how to do that. But, not everybody does it. So you see that a lot of people that are the big professors and stuff like that, um, they have incredible talent and for a good reason. So it's, uh, uh, yeah, yeah, you have to, to move on it immediately and have have something rolling the whole time. That's how it works, which makes sense, right? You can't all of a sudden invent something and wait for a year for it to come by. Then you, you, know, you have to have basically a bunch of projects that are layered and and they all should come to fruition at some point, which is also the pressure problem in science, right? So, so if you, you can't feed yourself because you need to publish, then there's this pressure that you should publish. I'm not under that type of pressure, but a lot of people are. So you have to to squeeze uh, squeeze or force stories. You really have to have the things going, or you ignore it if you're big enough.
0: And it'll just come through. You'll just get attached to something else, some other project.
2: Well, well. Um, so the people that have permanent positions—they're shuffled around. That sounds bad. I mean, sometimes they don't mind, but I would mind personally.
0: So, how long could you um, stay in your position?
2: Mine's permanent for what I do. So I'm, I'm the head of my two departments. So, one is the department with me in it. <laughs> I'm, the, <laughs> I'm the head and and the lab rat. And the other one, I, I supervise the other, the other, the other unit. So, they my my colleague, she she manages the whole thing herself, but I I supervise and provide help when she needs it.
0: And how many students do you have uh, on average?
2: Right now, um, maybe one one every year. So wow! So that's a that's a.
0: go sorry guys. That's a very
2: low, sh- low,
0: very stringent apprenticeship. You know versus. You having 20. yeah, but it's
2: also my, my position. I'm not a, a technically a group leader, so I'm not one viving for here. If I stay in Germany for professorship, therefore, um, um, the people that are group leaders, the ones that I need to to secure a permanent position higher up, they 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 get the students first. So, but um, I'm allowed to have students, of course. Um, and I'm also, yeah, but also I don't have time to, to manage that. So I don't have a big crew behind me, although yeah, I, I'm allowed to have grants and stuff like that. So the, the biggest I had a lab, I had, um, five people under me. So,
0: so what do you love most about what you do day to day?
2: Day to day, you, you, you hear it from the, every scientist, the same thing. It's the discovery stuff. When you discover, it's not discovering new things, but new ideas. So like what you, what you thought, or you didn't think, and that we, that I get to contribute a a minuscule amount, but I get to contribute to the the pulled knowledge of humanity. That's the fun part (laughs) or the driving motivation.
0: Yeah. All, all forward movement is accumulation of knowledge from every corner.
2: Exactly. So it's, Adding a drop to the big the big, the big bit, um, that's what's always driven me. And I find it also fun to also, when I had a, like the university, we had to write like an essay, but we had to support all our statements with references. And I found that great. Like, how can you say something and be sure you're not just making it up just to make it up because you heard it or whatever. And I find, I find that in and of itself interesting and fun. How do you know that you know that that you knew that? You know that. How do you
0: know that they knew it? I lo- that's my that's my number one driving thought right now for the last few years is yeah. every time I say something in the back of my mind, I think, Yeah, why do I even think that? Who did I hear it from? Where did I read it? Is that true?
2: Yeah, I exactly. just
0: I'm just you know, just constantly want to fact check myself in the back of my mind. Every time I speak, I'm like, nah. You know, and it's a, and the beauty of having kids is they'll say, Oh, so why is this? And you give them an answer like, Hmm. Well yeah. you, you can't just say whatever, because they're both smart enough with voice technology to just pick up the phone. Hey Google.
2: <laughs>
0: why is why is the sky blue? My dad says it's because yeah. of, you know, the wavelength the wavelengths in blue is a lot longer than red. Go ahead.
2: Shorter, shorter, shorter.
0: I thought there. I thought it was longer.
2: No, the the red is longer. Infrared is lo- red is longer. Blue is shorter.
0: Mm. might have to fact check that.
2: But I was going to say that's <laughs> one of the things. I, that's one of the things I teach in my flow cytometry course.
0: Okay, then you then you are certified. I take it back. Ah, uh,
2: yeah, Rayleigh scattering. Yeah, so, <laughs> yeah they, they, it's because the air molecules are so tiny and the wavelengths are so tiny that they basically bounce off easier, and they don't. The longer ones kind of just plummet right through the air molecules, but the, the bluer ones are shorter, so they get bounced off in more directions, and since they're being bounced off more often, the net effect is you get more blue uh, wavelengths flying at your eyeball, so the sky is blue on Earth.
0: Ah, I explained it exactly like that, but backwards. Ah. Well, I was so close. I should know these things. So
2: close. So close. Well, I mean... Your po- your podcast is quite sciencey. for uh, what was your, what did you study? Didn't you study um, film and technology or?
0: Yeah, well, I wouldn't, I wouldn't call it studying. <laughs> 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 uh, I did attend some classes. Yes. Uh, but it was mostly film theory and director of, you know, cinematography is where they start you. Yeah. So that's where you start, you know, just framing an image. And it just makes you, I guess, look at everything. You're like, okay, there's, you could, everyone looks at the same thing differently. So that's kind of where the film or entertainment journey began for me is, you know, you start in class and, okay, everybody, everybody looks at things the exact same thing differently. So how do we communicate to each other? How do we communicate visually? How are you going to show the same? area yeah. or the same picture everyone gets so coming uh, to an agreement isn't a massive feat in itself you know yeah, yeah so the visual representation or capture oh, oh i'm framing an image like this or i'm, I'm, I'm framing like that oh that looks so much better than that why and then you talk about that and then it just kind of flows over to well why even pick that and then well what what makes some things better than others as how you look at it. It's not the thing that's better, it's how you look at it being subjectively better. And I guess you could apply that to your science as well. As You're all studying the same thing or doing the same research, but everybody's looking at it from different angles. We know you're looking at the same thing, but it's how you view it and share it is how we all learn, which I find pretty interesting.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's it's Actually, I just realized that it's simple but quite profound. Yeah, that we all look at it the same but from a different, yeah, the same thing, but we see it. How did you say it? Well, we we're see you it know, differently. Yeah, we
0: all see the exact same things differently, and we're all bringing our own internal reference points either. Ah, yes. You know, you're, you're carrying, we're all got some, we're carrying some stuff. <laughs> You want to call it baggage? You got a suitcase. You got a no, wallet. You got a wallet. The, you know what? Are, we all carry different amounts that we're carrying into it. We want. We want to bring ourselves into it. When I guess in science, say like the hardest well, part is, is separating the two. I'm guessing.
2: Uh, so that that's one of the things that that I'm on the 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 myth account. So I also had the, the myth that the scientists will strive for complete objectiveness and so on, and that you can basically wish the humanity out of it (laughs) (laughs) but it doesn't work like that so it's the exact opposite so basically what you just said is we all carry you can say in a bad way like a bunch of biases but we all carry our own way of looking at the world our own hypotheses how things are put together and those of course influence the way we interpret and look at everything in the world but when you're doing science the same thing and there's some people that will fight with you and say, no, there is such a thing as objective thought and I'm able to do it because I'm more objective than you are. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm way more objective than you.
2: Yeah. And uh, that's that's the problem. And I was that's still one of the, even now, right now, one of the most recent philosophical debates about the scientific process or method, which, um, yeah, um, that's one thing I'm, I'm reading about right now myself.
0: So uh, do you read it because how, do you have to constantly remind yourself not to try and find results that fit within what you already think?
2: Yes, at least yeah, yeah because it's you do it, one you do it without thinking about it two you do it without thinking about it because you get excited and so it's very tempting then to do verification so you, you basically look to find stuff that fits with what you expect or you you reason, ah no it can't be that because of this and this one is not like this because of that and bah yeah it, this fits because man that, that makes me feel smart <laughs> <laughs> and and that, that's when I finally discovered yeah no you need to disprove your guy you bring up a hypothesis and you design the experiment not to prove it but to disprove it. And if if you if, a, if you give a good experimental design your experiment should fail, right? If it's not true, we can argue about, about truth, actually you can't argue about it, it's a never-ending argument. But if it's true or not true, then um, if it's true, it'll hold up to challenge, uh, basically. So if you have a good design experiment, it won't fail in the way you think it was. And if it does fail, you're like, oh, well, something of my idea was wrong. <laughs> and then you actually learn something, you actually gain knowledge. So. This is the problem with uh, people don't realize what we're, that everybody's just trying to fight for that. A, a, a positively failed scientific experiment means we've gained knowledge. It's not this, it's not that, it's not this, it's not that. All of these things then mean, oh, well, if it can't be these things, then it has to be these other things. And this is a knowledge gain, but we're not allowed to usually publish um, things that have been shown not to be a certain way, even if you do it scientifically rigorously why is that why is it Um, there I think they're the uh, the human perception that they want to have basically uh, a positive outlook kind of like the happy happy ending story type of stuff that this is to either I think it's uh, uh, in fashion so you want to kind of to sell it a little bit so that it looks cool that it sounds cool that it's new that it's better and and this unfortunately has been picked up since, I think, the 1980s when you had the advent the of, of uh, molecular genetics the way it is now. So it kind of has been increasing over the years. And, and um, uh, yeah, I lost my train of thought because I'm imagining scientists in the 1980s. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thick glasses, <laughs> pure white lab coats
2: uh-huh all, all swirl male. all,
0: all male, male swirling a beaker around <laughs> clipboard Rika um, clipboard and pen at hand hmm a very hmm face <laughs> 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 isn't that isn't that how every scientist like you isn't that what you look like
2: of course that's what I put on every morning <laughs> <laughs> my my i only have a wardrobe of uh of lab coats no. Uh, now where were we? I forgot where I was. I was trying to rant, but I lost my rant. Yeah.
0: I just mostly collecting and looking for trying to just fit yourself into a box. And you're saying you don't. And when nah, you.
2: Ah, yeah. So that's what you asked earlier. When you have more, more people basically you do a little powwow over the hypothesis, it's the same thing. So you put out an idea and somebody will basically shoot it down. It's like, no, nah, I it can't be that because of this. And you're like, ah, all right. But it's the same process, which I was trying to develop a class in order to teach this, but so that you're actually aware of it. And I invented something called, I taught it once, but nobody understood it yet.
0: <laughs> you just, you just have <laughs> to it, explain it better.
2: I exp- yeah, it's, a, it's an assumption map is what I call it. Because basically an assumption or an idea or a notion, right? These are ideas, those are hypotheses. Or if you want, also models how the world works. And basically, if you make an assumption map, you say, "Well, I assume it's this," like what you're just saying. So why do you assume it's that? You know, and basically, you go back. It should go back for infinity. There should be an infinite amount of assumptions. But um, if you, if you, you know, the sky is blue because I told you, blue light scatters and blue, blue, blue wavelengths are sh- are, are shorter than red ones, right? So, and as my assumption map would be, well, well, I assume that the blues are shorter. Why? Where is the evidence for that? Where does that come from? Right. And then you make make an arrow. You go backwards from that. Okay. You know, uh, uh, why is that? And then, and then why are the wavelengths shorter? How do I know it? And how do I know that I know that? Of course, you don't want to test all of that. But this process, yeah, that was trying to. If that was I'm trying to teach people in a class on purpose. So the
0: class you Basically, said it would be called assumption mapping, just that's back an
2: assumption map, yeah. So
0: assumption mapping sure. class, so backtracking everything that you think and is it, is it to, is it to put a spotlight on how many times you've just assumed things?
2: No, it's to to emphasize. Inf- most people don't do that. One, they 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 do it while they're doing it, and there are people that have more talent, do it naturally better than those that don't have as much talent. Um, they're able to then criticize and find out, come up with counter arguments. So I thought it'd be better for those that have less talent that actually, well, let's write out what you're assuming. How do you know? Well, I, I, my example that I, I, I did was it's a PCR method, polymerase chain reaction, where you amplify DNA by copying it. You know how that works? I don't. But basically, there's a DNA polymerase, and it's been, um, the protein has been. Uh, cloned so you can make a whole bunch of copies of it then you purify it and then you can add it to dna and when you heat up dna remember dna says uh, it's two stranded right they're two long molecules that pair together Mm -hmm. when you heat it up they fall apart and then you can add another little piece of dna then the polymerase will sit on there and then it'll make another copy so we can amplify it and there's a way when it's being amplified when we talk about the fluorescence from earlier That you can add a fluorescent dye to the DNA or to the, so that you can actually detect the amount of DNA or the new DNA being synthesized. And you measure that machine, technically measure the light intensity from the fluorescence, right? And then you can then see over time the number of copies. And then, uh, if we go back to the heat shock stuff, if I had my unheat shock, uh, non-heat shock treated plants and my heat shock treated plants, um, then I want to remember I said the transcription should be higher. So if I had higher transcription, I'd take my RNA, I'd make a copy of it into DNA because I can't amplify RNA with the same way. And then on the, a heat shock, there should be more copies of that DNA, right? Okay, right. Right. And then if I do my polymerase chain reaction on it uh, and I amplify both the control plant or the reference plant and my heat shock material, and then I would get more copies in the heat shock plant, that's a hypothesis of course, then the other one, right? And then you'd see then I, the, the fluorescent signal would be higher for my particular um, DNA than amplifying in the heat shock treated one than the other one. Then I would say, ah, oh, I have more transcription. But the actual method, how the machine works and the light detection and the linearity and does the reaction work the same, um, these can all be tested using different experiments or different ways of yeah exactly so that that's for me like when i measured the so the dna should double every time you melt it it makes two copies and you melt it again it makes two copies from those two copies and it has this exponential growth right two to two to the nth power
0: so therefore so therefore I, you could properly assume based on math how many you'll get
2: exactly But sometimes the reaction is not equal. You don't get two copies. You get 1.8 because the primary sticks to itself. That's the extra piece you need to make the copies. And therefore, it doesn't double exactly. So at the end, you'd get a different number um, than you should. But you won't know that if you don't test it. For example, in one experiment, you might not care. You're like, well, the heat shock one is 100,000 times more than the other one. And if it's ten thousand or a million times more, it's still a whole, whole, whole lot more than the other one. But if you wanted to compare ten thousand units versus twenty thousand units, and you had that error inside, then you'd make the wrong observation, right? So um, the, the theory of it doubling is an assumption. So you could write assumption: my DNA always double, always doubles. But you can then test it. How do you know it doubles? And then you could that's just an assumption, and then if the experiment fails or does something weird, or you have time, which you should, then you test it to make sure that that doubling hypothesis is is valid. Um, and those would be the assumption maps. The assumption maps look like uh, brainstorming maps, right?
0: It kind of sounds like that. In my, I'm visualizing yeah. it that way.
2: Exactly. That's how I did it too, which just and then just keeps exploding out, or like. If you wanted, you could go into it, if you go into a bubble, that would be a cool program. You go inside and it would open up the assumptions for that, that idea and open up the next assumptions for the next idea.
0: That'd be cool. And
2: then some philosophers, they get annoyed because they, they misinterpret what uh, Karl Popper, Popper said, which is, uh, he just said that all experiments should be testable, and he explicitly said you don't need to test them, they just should be testable, your ideas. And some people interpret that as everything has to be tested. Otherwise, it's not not valid. And that's not what he meant. Just to, he just meant if something should be scientific, for something to be called science, his idea was then uh, you have to be able to test it. Basically, you have to be able to refute it. You have to be able to show that it's not true with some experimentation. right? And that's what he said is in science. So it's scientific if I can design an experiment to disprove it. And if I can't do that, then he said, let's just not call it science. All right, And he says, it might be useful to humans. It might be meaningful to the universe, to us. But we're not going to call it science because I'm not able to, to, to refute it to show that it, it could be wrong. right? Um, and some people with the assumption maps or the other idea that um, everything should be testable, they get upset because they're like, Well, I can't test everything. I should just be able to make up a hypothesis, and then if it's really good or I always see it all the time, then that's it. It's fine, right? That's the new law. That's the new truth, and let's just leave it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that, my friend, is still the current debate.
0: (laughs) So is that – are you going to run that course? or that class is part of your teaching?
2: Yeah, I'm still kind of working on it. It's because I have so many other things to do. I haven't been able to develop it the way I want to, but I, I want to make a, a class called the, the scientific method to see if we can teach scientific thinking discourse and look at the different aspects that influence science and the other components of science that, 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 that affect it and that also that a lot of science what we're doing is we're looking for theories and ideas and it's not just moving around uh, tubes and plants here and there, right? Right, the it's not, so much, not DNA, so
0: much the busy work it's more thinking about... Yeah,
2: genes existed as an idea before they ever discovered and even now they're still debated what is the gene certain things, okay, a protein coding gene you can define but non-RNA genes sort of existed but were kind of ignored and now you have uh, other RNA genes like antisense genes or that regulate the, the RNA at the RNA level which makes complete sense but based, based on the philosophical interpretation at the time if it wasn't encoding a protein it wasn't a real gene but that's yeah so,
0: but that was also an assumption at the time yep have you done any of that yourself? Ran your own DNAs for through like Twenty Three and Me, and then there's also uh, one of the that one scientist, or researchers no, rather, that I send you the papers no, say it again. on.
2: You sound like you're in a you're in a, a toilet room.
0: You hello, can you hear me now? You're
2: you're fading.
0: It's your internet. Okay, so I think we've reached our limit on time. Uh, yeah that's pretty good that's pretty good. let's let's pick it up later at another time but kenneth all right, sounds good love you thanks for hanging and love uh you too. tell the fam i said hello and we'll talk again soon and i
2: will all right and i'll talk to you soon okay bye all right bye